0: We live in an age, in an era, when it's almost impossible to tell truth from lies. But is there, perchance, something innate about lying, something, well, not only natural but even necessary? According to biologist Li xing Sun, nature is brimming with scammers, tricksters and, and downright cheats, and, he says, it isn't always a bad thing. Li Jing explores this in his new book, The Liars of Nature and the Nature of Liars, Cheating and Deception in the Living World, and we welcome him to Late Night Live, which is tonight renamed Late Night Liars. Li Jing, you say that cheating happens at at every level of the biological hierarchy, doesn't even require a brain or a neuron. It can be... As simple as the simplest life forms.
1: Yes, uh, cheating and deception are everywhere. And previously we thought that, well, you need intention. But nowadays, you don't need it. It just happens through evolutionary time. With or without a neuron, that's another issue. But cheating is everywhere in the biological world.
0: You say that at the cellular level, cancer cells are essentially cheating cells.
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful uh, new new idea uh, that was nicely made by a professor at the Arizona State University, and she said, "Well, you look at the cells. Basically, cells are cheating their fate. Most of our body cells are programmed to die at a certain time, but cancer cells." They don't, they cheat at their death so that they can live forever. They multiply, they live, they they actually don't grow a lot, but they keep multiplying and live forever. And that is the case. So the cat cancers, cancer cells are cheating cells.
0: You say that animals usually cheat to secure a resource, be it sex or social status, and that there are two laws of cheating in the animal world. What is the first law?
1: Uh, I consider this as my contribution to the Oxford English Dictionary because in all the old existing vocabulary, lying and deception are not clearly separated. But if you look at the two, uh, the lying and cheating, the biological mechanisms involved are very different. Lying is is used for falsifying information during communication. So typically within the same species, but deception is different. Deception is to one organism utilizes the, the, the weaknesses of the cognitive system in another organism uh, so as to fool. The victim. So that is a very different mechanism. So the the deception actually can happen not only within the same species, but it can also be between different species, such as uh camouflage, such as mimicry. And these things are deceptions. They are not necessarily uh lying.
0: You've got so, so many you've law- got so many examples. You describe crows who use a fake alarm calls to protect uh, food sources and make other crows that go away. And also how female animals will often use trickery to fend off unwanted male attention. Female mice do this in a fascinating way. Tell me.
1: Oh, that is that was uh, our own discovery. That was a few years ago when I was working with my colleague, uh, Jian Xu in the Zoological Institute in Beijing uh, we were looking for chemicals from female from female mice It turned out to be we found two chemicals actually were typical of ferrets the the, the arch enemy <laughs> of the mice <laughs> so we were wondered quite a bit what on earth? these ferret pheromones would be in female <laughs> a secretion turned out to be they were used for deterring unwanted males when females were not in the state of mating. So that was a fascinating uh, discovery for us to realize the tricks our animals can use is a lot. I, I believe there, there will be a lot more to come.
0: You talk about... Uh the similarity between a man puffing out his chest to make himself look bigger, rather the same way as a frilly lizard might in Australia. So some animals, well, like crickets and crustaceans, will bluff their, will bluff and exaggerate their ferocity.
1: Yeah, that was from my own experience too. Uh, When I was a little boy, fighting cricket was my pastime. It was my fun time as well. And that was my own observation uh, that found that uh, some crickets would chirp, would show the kind of fighting spirit. But once you put them in an arena, they retreated very quickly. So that was the kind of way of they they bluff. Uh, uh, they try to scare others away without a fight. But when they are really tested, then they show uh, their weaknesses.
0: You're talking to a country which is absolutely obsessed with uh, soccer at the moment because of the uh, Women's World Cup. Uh, Soccer players will often fake an injury to get an advantage. uh, And you've seen ducks, I understand, do much the same thing.
1: Yeah. um, With the uh, VAR available nowadays, uh, the kind of open cheating, uh, which uh, on the soccer pitch, um, such as by famous soccer players like Cristiano, Ronaldo, uh, these situations are getting fewer because a video review could see easily whether a person got hurt or not. But in the natural world, a faking injury is actually quite common In the example of the mallard, that was my own experience as well. Uh, The female mallards would uh, fake uh, being injured so as to distract a potential predator away uh, from their ducklings and many others as well, the plovers and other shorebirds which often nest on the ground. These birds often fake the injury so as to distract their predators away from their nesting area.
0: I feel a surge of patriotism when you uh, cite an Australian creature as a master of deception. Tell me about the Australian Death Adder.
1: Um, Death Adder uses its tail, the tip of the tail, to pretend to be a kind of worm or some kind of little critter so as to attract some kind of birds or even lizards into eating it. And when they are fooled and the death adder would turn around and strike and get uh, their prey. So this, is, this is really, really uh, smart from evolutionary perspective.
0: Even smarter, I guess, are the chameleons and the octopuses and even some sticky insects that uh, are great impersonators. They And they had that ability some of them, to change color and shape.
1: Yeah, the the octopuses and squids are amazing animals. They can change it so fast for some of them. And (laughs) uh, in one species, at least in one species, um, even the females can be fooled by males with fast color changing so that it it takes a while for, for females to recognize that it's a male of their own species. So this is really, really cool. And more and more knowledge has been gained about how they do that. We we still don't completely understand how they do it, but we have some uh, basic ideas as to how they do it.
0: You talk about Batesian mimicry.
1: Yeah, Batesian mimicry is a generic name for a non-toxic organism such as a uh, chameleon or caterpillar that mimic a toxic uh, species so as to protect themselves.
0: You've t- we've talked about uh, visual mimicry. I must put in a word for the Australian lyrebird, which is a great vocal mimic, and uh, for some reason it can mimic almost any other sound up to and including chainsaws, but uh, let's move on. I'd never really thought about why was are striped, but you suggested it has something to do with trickery as well.
1: Oh, that, that has taken a while for, for scientists to understand. Um, Tim Carroll, in UK, uh, was the, the person who spent decades trying to decipher that. And in the first, people believed that that was to confuse lions, their main predators. But turned out to be recently, they found that, well, maybe lions, but more importantly, it was probably the blood-sucking Flies, especially tsetse fly, that actually are so nasty to them. So when these stripes are on the body, if we paint a cow, for example, with these zebra stripes, turn out to be these flies with these compound eyes will have a hard time landing on these stripe uh, striped area, <laughs> so that they are deterred. In in a recent study in Japan, actually, they painted. The cows with zebra stripes turn out to be the results is that their biting by these nasty flies could be reduced by 50%, which is significant.
0: I must try that at my farm. Now, lots of insects employ deception too, don't they? I understand that as many as 2,000 species have evolved ways to mimic ants. Why is that?
1: Yeah, ants are fierce, are fierce warriors. Their collective behavior, their collective defense really provided a kind of very solid protection for any animals which can uh, get help from the ants. So the benefit is there, but uh, it's just a matter of who would take it. So lots of other insects take that advantage of the protective capacity of the ants, such as alcan blue uh, butterfly in Europe, and they mimic the the scent of ants, sort of like a, the body odor of ants, which are used for ants for uh, judging whether they are within the same member or not. The ants can't see well, but they can sim- smell very well. So- of course,
0: ants mm-hmm. smell very strongly, as anyone who's ever squashed one would know.
1: Yeah, that's right. If These butterflies could make themselves smell like ants. The ants will pick them up and put them in their nest and then provide food and care for them until uh, they become a butterfly.
0: Now, it's not just animals. Some plants and fungi also practice deception. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, as for plants, uh, I would uh, single out this passion fruit plant eating fruit plants are often the host or the the place where lots of butterflies will lay eggs uh, so what the patching plant would do patching flower plant would do is that they mimic the the butterfly eggs so as to deter butterflies from laying more eggs on it so they fool the the the, the butterflies
0: and the some one, and some plants like some animals also fake their own deaths
1: uh, that's the the mimosa the the sometimes called what is the, the sensitive plant uh, which was originally from the tropical south america in you know, brazil in particular i mean nowadays they are everywhere in the world if you touch it they play possum <laughs> they play death. <laughs> so do not underestimate their adaptation. <laughs> they, they, they are, well, you can you, can say they are smart.
0: Before we move on, tell me about truffles. They emit a steroid.
1: That's one of the most fascinating natural uh, mimic. So the these white truffles, they are related to mushroom, but they are fungi. They are not really mushrooms. But their fruiting body uh, is underground. So, the way they spread the spore is, is to resort to pigs for pigs to dig them up and spread their spore for them. So, the way they do is by mimicking the male pheromone called uh, it's a steroid called know. and that would attract the female uh, pigs to come and the females. With female pigs would come with passion and dig them up, and realizing they are not really male pigs. So as a result, the female pigs um, spread the spore for 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 the truffles.
0: You're listening to Late Night Lies, and I'm talking to biologist uh, Li xing from uh, Central Washington University about his uh, book, The Liars of Nature and the Nature of Liars. We've established that nature is full of liars, but some animals seem to have evolved ways to confront and control cheating, haven't they?
1: Yes, lots of them. Uh, especially between males and females. And we all know that, well, in most animals, the males are eager to mate, while females try to avoid these low-quality males. The way they tell is through the so-called handicap, the males with elaborate structures. The peacock's tails, the tails of peacock, the large antlers of moose, for example, or even the big jaws of beetles. So these are the exaggerated features often represent a so-called a handicap. Otherwise, they would be useless. Uh, these structures are only to show females that I'm good. I am strong. You see, I have such a big structure and which means I'm good. <laughs> For no other purposes, but just showing that they are uh, fit and probably indicating they have good genes in their body. So this is the idea of the handicap, sort of like like you play the chess. The high-level chess players can actually handicap themselves uh, with a few good pieces, but they still can win.
0: Li Xin, are we humans the worst or the cleverest of cheats? (laughs)
1: <laughs> of course, who else will be better?
0: Well, one looks at uh, an ex-president of the United States, I guess, as a powerful example, but we have a wide variety of, of cheating devices and strategies, don't we?
1: Yes, uh, language is the main thing that allows for faster, uh, more fluent communication, but as well as, as a media for cheating as well.
0: I like, the, I, I like the point you make that we're particularly good at self-deception.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we often deceive ourselves so as to make us feel better, make us feel overconfident uh, than we really are. So that's the way we fool ourselves and we fool others.
0: You suggest that we should uh, fight cheating in the same way that we fight uh, germs. How would this work?
1: Yeah, the um, fighting cheating has been a problem throughout our his- recorded history. And we never won that. We have never won uh, that battle. But we learned to coexist with cheating. So we have to be selective. I uh, have to be strategical. And uh, the immune system uh, co-evolved with disease agents And that gives us a a nice uh, perspective about how to win this evolutionary battle or evolutionary arms race. Uh, So this is the the logic uh, we take that direction as to uh, how we can contain uh, cheating. Cheating So we
0: should seek to contain rather than try to eliminate.
1: We never succeeded anyway. Okay. Right?
0: (laughs) I entirely agree. Look, thanks for your time. That's been absolutely fascinating. I've been talking to Li Xing-sun, who's a distinguished research professor at the Department of Biological Sciences at Central Washington University, and they know a lot about deception in Washington. His new book is The Liars of Nature and the Nature of Liars, Cheating and Deception in the Living World, and it's published by Princeton University Press.
1: ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.